0: Good evening ladies and gentlemen Welcome to another episode of A Good Drop Where every other week or so We travel around the world to various wine regions And taste their local delicacies
1: Yes, that's right Today we are all about Viva la Difference
0: We have a Chardonnay And a Chardonnay And
1: a Chardonnay From Australia and America And France I'm Stu I'm Michael Cheers Cheers Right, so we are back from the intro, and what we are looking at is three different wines from three different regions.
0: From three different countries. Yeah, three different countries. We have an Australian wine, we have a Californian wine. Sorry, what, uh, what state is the uh, Australian one from? Oh, the Australian one is from Western Australia. So we have a Western Australian wine, we have a Californian wine, and we have a Southern French wine.
1: Yes, and they are all of them Chardonnays. Mm. And what we will be attempting to do is pick up the differences that the region makes. And obviously not just the region, these are different countries, different winemakers, different ways of doing things. Mm. And yeah, we're interested in those flavor differences because they're all Chardonnay.
0: Yeah. And interestingly enough, we have picked wines that have... Like, despite them being different regions, they are all similar. So, the Californian region is similar to the Mediterranean region in France. And I believe the Western Australian one is similar as well.
1: Yes, the uh, Pemberton region, where that particular wine was grown... ...is considered to be similar to the Burgundy region in
0: France. Hmm. So, yeah. They should all be interestingly different, I hope. We're also expecting to taste a difference in styles. Because Australian wines, even though the region might be the same... the, ...the style is probably going to be different... ...given that our general taste or uh preference for wine is different.
1: Yeah, Australian wines tend to be fresher, more acidic, more fruity in in the whites anyway.
0: Mm. And I haven't had much experience with American wines. Um but I know French wines are very um they're very rich, they're very uh fruity and probably a little bit sweeter, but definitely lower in in the acidic notes.
1: Yes, so this is going to be uh, an interesting comparison, we hope. Yeah. So I guess let's begin by talking about the Australian. Because we're Aussies. Because we're Aussies, yeah. (laughs) The Australian wine is the westbound, the truffle block Chardonnay 2019. And as we mentioned, it is from the Pemberton region in Western Australia. And the little blurb on the back says that the truffle block is situated on one of Pemberton's oldest vineyards. These vines grow alongside hazelnut trees that harbour world-famous black truffles. This powerfully flavoured Chardonnay has been fermented in French oak and left to complete malolactic fermentation on yeast lees. These methods result in a wine that is rich and textural, displaying yellow peach, ripe melon, and vanillin flavours. Hmm. Now, for anyone who's thinking, "Oh, it's from a very old vineyard," the Pemberton region only began commercial plantings in 1982. That's
0: one of the youngest it's, in the world. Yeah,
1: yeah. So it's very—it's an old region, and a—it's well, an old vineyard in a young region.
0: Mm. So, an Australian wine, we're expecting it to be fresh and crisp. Shall we taste?
1: Yes, let's. Well, let's smell first, smell, I suppose. Yeah.
0: Wow. Yep, it and smells like a Chardonnay. Yeah, but it <laughs> smells very fresh. Mm. Definitely woody notes and apricot?
1: Yeah. Yeah, definitely citrus and very fruity.
0: Mm. Cheers. Cheers. Oh, I suppose colour as well. It's This is the lightest of the three wines we have in front of us. It's a very pale, pale uh, colour.
1: Yeah, almost um, a light hay, I suppose. Hmm. Hard to describe, but it, it's in the picture. You can see it. <laughs> <laughs> that you
0: can. Yes,
1: you can see what we're talking about. Hmm. Oh. This is delightfully smooth.
0: Yeah, and about what I was expecting, it's very fresh. Um, those apricot flavors, those yeah, apricot stone fruit flavors are very noticeable.
1: Yeah, and it's not as acidic as I was expecting. Like it, it is acidic, mm. but I've definitely had more acidic chardonnays than this. I think mm.
0: this this is a a wine. That it comes out of your fridge and into your glass. <laughs> yeah. When, well, when you're in Australia on a hot day, this would be perfect for that.
1: Well, yes, because it it is. It's it's light. It's fruity. I get what they were saying on the on the bottle about it being textural. The mouthfeel is very pleasant. Mm. And there is yeah, there's some complexity to the flavor profile there of like little things that I've not quite been able to put my finger on yet.
0: Hmm. It's very nice. Um, before we, so before we get too carried away with tasting it, we should make sure what they put go back in the right order, so we don't yes, get very mixed important. Up. I'm just gonna move and and
1: a bit easier. then we move on to the fat bastard.
0: Is that the order we had him in?
1: Check the picture. If you're worried, check the picture.
0: I'm pretty sure it is.
1: Mm. Yeah, I thought it was too. <laughs> I was pretty sure the fat bastard was in the middle.
0: Yep.
1: Yeah, fat bastard was in the middle. Yes. So the, the fat bastard is our Californian.
0: That's what happens when you uh, mix up the order of three basically identical wines. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's the the fat bastard California Chardonnay, uh, 2018. Uh, it says remarkably full body, remarkably full bodied on the label. Uh, fat bastard Chardonnay hails from Monterey on the central coast of California, where the ample sunshine is tempered by the Pacific Ocean. This Chardonnay is full with a fleshy depth, enriched by a pleasant amount of sweet oak and a rich, buttery texture. So, I'm honestly expecting a very similar flavour profile to the Westbound. Like well, I it, mean, it's oh, I set pretty much a coastal wine.
1: Yeah, it. it well, that's that's where California is. Yeah.
0: Well and, there's plenty uh, of California that isn't on the coast.
1: Well true, but it's near the coast. I mean there's plenty of Western Australia that isn't near the coast. Yeah.
0: But it's it's
1: near ish, near esque. Mm. Either way, let's smell because I think despite the fact that it should be very, very similar, I'm expecting a lot of differences. Mm.
0: Me too. Wow
1: Immediately the nose is completely different Yes it's Chardonnay I'm very definitely smelling Chardonnay This is somewhat reminiscent of our Vodka episode where you're smelling it and you're going Well yes it's vodka, yes it's Chardonnay (laughs) But (laughs) Yeah There's no fruitiness That I'm getting in this at all
0: No it's a lot more woody And nutty Yeah It's a very mild nut smell, though. M- mild nut aroma. But um, I- I'm not smelling any butter, but that could be on the tongue. St- mm. on- it could be a flavor as opposed to a smell. Yes. So on that note, cheers. Cheers. On that
1: note. What? Well, we've been talking about smelling yeah. and notes. Yeah. On that note. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, Wow.
1: This is very different. It, it's a lot... It's bitier than the Westbound.
0: It is, but strangely doesn't taste as acidic. Yeah. It, it's interesting that it's it's bitier. It's
1: a bit more tannic. Mm. But... And the flavors are totally different. Yeah, totally different. There is... I'm not getting any fruit. Like, there was no fruit on the nose. There's no fruit on the palate either.
0: No. I was tasting... Honey and honey and butter, kind kind of like the flavour you get if you put if you drizzle honey over a buttered toast.
1: Yeah, like, no, a, like a
0: hint of grain as well.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm very much getting a similar experience, but there's a a bitterness there.
0: Hmm. Wow. It kind of reminds me of Mead, honestly. Yes. Like, that's not, an, not a, a flavour I was expecting to taste from a grape wine. But, yeah, it's like... It's got a, a very similar mouthfeel to Mead. Um,
1: yeah, very, very similar mouthfeel yeah. and similar flavour profile.
0: Yeah. Uh, it is much sweeter. Um, it is... In colour, it's much more of a, a gold yellow, much more yellow.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: As opposed to the Australian wine, which is kind of... It, it's very clear and slightly yellow with a tinge of green.
1: Yeah, I mean, this one and our our last Chardonnay are very similar colours.
0: Mm.
1: Almost identical.
0: Uh, holding them up side by side, the uh, second one, our current one, is a hint—a t- the tiniest bit more yellow. Just, just a hint, just a hint more yellow. But uh, that's only because we're comparing them side by side. Yeah, this is. This is amazing.
1: It's definitely very different. Mm. but
0: I, I, I do like it, but it is, uh, I suppose, easier on the uh, wine drinking difficulty scale, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, I, I guess. I, I'm going to try not to do any sort of rating on these at the moment because we're making comparison Uh, rather than...
0: I'm just comparing it directly to Mm. the last one. Yeah.
1: I found the first one very easy to drink.
0: And it is for different different reasons. Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
1: The the bite in the second one just catches me off guard every time.
0: Interesting. I I
1: don't expect it to be that bitey, that bitter, that tannic.
0: Versus, versus the Australian, the West, Westbound, the Fat Bastard versus the Westbound. Yeah. Which is uh, clean and crisp, but very acidic. Yes. I have to try this first one again just to... For
1: the comparison, yeah.
0: Whoa. So fruity. Wow. Yeah, that... um. So the Australian one sits more on the, the tip of your tongue and the back of your palate versus the Californian one, which seems to uh, skip a little bit. Like, it's less on the front and more mid to back.
1: Yeah, I yeah. agree. Mid mid to back. And completely different flavor profiles.
0: Mm-hmm. How fascinating On that note though Well, now I suppose we should try the final drink
1: Yes The Tussook Jumper 2019 Chardonnay From the south of France Now we'd we'd have liked to have pinned down exactly where in the south of France
0: Mm. They made it annoyingly difficult to uh, find out where um, I believe this brand is, the Tussock Jumper brand is a kind of a, a collector's, a uh, compl- like a compilation uh, company. So they collect different wines from different regions and yeah, sell so, it under the same label.
1: So they'll have a, a Chardonnay from this winery and a Pinot Noir from that winery and... Mm. And it just means that you can't
0: look them up and find out where exactly it came from because they no. don't say. No, which is frustrating when you come to this, but yeah, not since, everyone's trying to dissect.
1: Yeah, because I mean, the, the south of France contains a lot of wine regions. Does
0: it? I had no idea. I still think France is like 90% wineries. You go outside of uh, outside of Paris and it's basically... you hit, run into a vineyard anyway (laughs) anyway uh the we have the tussock jumper chardonnay 2019 bottled in france uh it has flavors of apricot pear and hazelnut its pairing suggestions include chicken seafood and dry sausage serve 12 degrees or 54 degrees fahrenheit Interesting. Hmm. Yeah, there's no other. There's no other information on the bottle. Um. Aside from that, so reading the back of the bottle, I'm kind of expecting almost halfway between the two.
1: Yeah, that was my my thought because they're they're, they're describing. Because they're
0: describing flavors that exist in both. Mm. So there's fruits, yeah, fruits and nuts. Um, Pairing, but like pairing with chicken, seafood, and dry sausage, I would expect more uh, fruity, uh, refreshing notes than um, honey and nut notes.
1: Yeah, I'm. I'm interested to see. Let's uh, let's smell. Yeah, see what it
0: smells like. Here goes nothing. Ooh,
1: it it definitely smells fruitier than the Californian.
0: You know what? I just did a back-to-back smell with the uh, Australian Westbound, and it smells almost identical. It is a very similar smell, to be sure. Mm. More, more nutty though, more hazelnut, I guess. <laughs> anyway, we should taste. Yes, and let's quit, taste and quit speculating. Cheers. Cheers. Nope, it's different again.
1: <laughs> it is. <laughs> I'm not tasting any of the things they said would be there.
0: Oh, there's there's a hint of apricot A hint it's, If
1: you it's, really look for it Yeah,
0: it's about uh, You'd notice the taste about halfway down your tongue But Are you
1: finding it because you expect to find it?
0: Because I'm desperately searching for it Yeah I'm getting a little bit Like, there's a bit of honey in there A little bit of uh, metallic taste a mineral taste we all, another thing is we also may be tasting these at too warm a temperature because yeah. we i tried to cool them down but it is a very hot and muggy day here in australia and you just have to uh look at a bottle of wine and it's suddenly four degrees warmer
1: yes for those of you playing at home who are interested in the sort of temperatures we're consuming this in It is approximately 30 degrees Celsius and 80% humidity. Mm.
0: Yeah. Which is... Frustrating.
1: Frustrating, (laughs) yeah. I mean, great... Great for white wine. Great weather for drinking a cool white wine. But we've had these sitting out while we've talked about them Mm. and taken pictures of them.
0: But they're still very nice to drink. Oh, yeah. And they're still cool, which is good.
1: Yeah. So one... One distinct difference, I think, now having tested all three, mm. that I can say without a shadow of a doubt, mm. the Australian is less bitey than the other two. Like, even, even the French one has more tannins and more bite to it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. that's. Now that I think about it, it's a very tannic uh, white. Like, that's what you expect... When you taste it... Well, that's what I expect when I taste a Chardonnay. It's a strong white wine with lots of tannins. Mm.
1: And I guess the, um, the Westbound is very much a strong white wine, but they've...
0: It's a strong Australian white wine. Yes,
1: and they've smoothed it mm. significantly. Mm. And, I mean, potentially those soils that they've grown the grapes in and the fact that that particular winemaker... Has intentionally kept yields low to keep flavors stronger.
0: Mm. Well, that's good. Well, that that's Could. keeping in line with France as well. Yeah, they keep they try and keep the yields low because it produces better wines. Yeah, and fr- France has a reputation to uphold, don't you know?
1: Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and I mean, these are all good wines. Oh, fantastic! It's, it's just a question of what you're looking for at the time, I suppose. Hmm.
0: And we tried to keep these about the same ballpark in, uh, in price category as well. Um, the imports, for, for lack of a better term, were a little bit more expensive, but that we tried to take into account the fact that Australia has a very high duty on uh, alcoholic imports. Yes.
1: Yes, though less, less so on wine. Because it's mostly based on alcohol content,
0: yes, even so these are still these are still pretty good, pretty boozy, thirteen percent that one, and the oh sorry, the fat bastard is thirteen percent, and the tussock jumper is twelve and a half,
1: yeah, and the oh. westbound is thirteen and a half percent,
0: oh wow, there you go, so yeah, the uh Tusset Jumper That's That's kind of What I was expecting From the French version Of this The French varietal It's Slightly sweeter Than Our Aussie wines And Very mellow And fruity
1: Mm. Hmm Yeah It's not as fruity As you'd get From an Australian Oh hell no But Definitely Significantly More fruity Than the Californian
0: Mm. And very Very smooth Yes, yeah,
1: yeah. Very smooth.
0: Um, I still haven't really had that much experience. Like this is the the first Californian wine I've ever had, and I'm liking what I'm tasting. It's very nice. Mm, it's
1: very different to what we have locally, but very yeah, yeah
0: very pleasant. Yeah, it's, and it's it's fascinating to taste the difference between between each region, even when the uh, the climate is very similar. That's what I was trying to get at, the climate.
1: Yeah, yeah. and I, I guess because wine is such a complex beast, the climate isn't everything that has to be taken into account. The mm. climate, the age of the vine, the the type of soil.
0: Mm. Well, even the microclimate where, you know, it... This particular slice of California or slice of Australia doesn't frost, whereas the immediate surroundings do.
1: Yeah, and things like, is there fresh water flowing nearby? Yes. Are there sea breezes? Is there occasionally a westerly chill? Mm. Like All of this stuff actually affects... Yeah. Like, ...has massive effects on wine.
0: Yeah, and the... Uh, particular taste buds of the master winemaker like what what do they prefer what does the local economy prefer
1: yeah because well what we've done is a very broad thing we could have gone and bought three different wines from adelaide hills in south australia and they'd probably all be different Mm, they'd be very, very similar though. They wouldn't be as
0: different as these three. Oh no, wines not as here. different
1: as these, yeah. But if we were to, yeah, buy three of the same varietal from the same region, mm. then what we would be comparing is the age of the vine and the way the winemaker chose to use it.
0: Mm. Which is which I would say is less interesting than tasting wine from completely different regions.
1: Oh, absolutely. And you know, for people who are in America, if you want something that's local and you know, you like the thought of what we described in the Californian wine, go local, find a Californian Chardonnay. Yeah,
0: from from the Monterey region. Or a mont they probably class it as a Monterey Chardonnay as opposed to just a Californian Chardonnay.
1: Well, they Cal- may well California's a pretty big
0: Yeah. And a pretty it, big area, and it takes up a lot of uh, latitude too. Yes, it's a, a tall, skinny state,
1: and that makes a difference. Mm. Like the latitude makes a difference.
0: Yeah, more so than the longitude for sure. We're talking going up and down the globe as opposed to across the globe. <laughs> for the, for those who aren't quite following, yes, um, yeah. And then, you know, the further you go south, the hotter it's going to get day to day. So, one that's closer to Los Angeles is going to be different than one that's closer to San Francisco.
1: Yeah, exactly. And Western Australia, which is where the Pemberton region is, is an interesting one because it literally takes up one entire side the whole western side of, of Australia. Yeah. It's freaking huge. Yeah. So you can have two different Western Australian wines from very different latitudes mm. and at very different temperatures.
0: Yeah. but So where's the Pembro- Pembroke region? Pemberton. P- sorry, where's the Pemberton region? The Pemberton region is on the southwest corner.
1: So it's literally, it's, it's southwest of Perth. It's yeah. near to the coast, and we'll, I'll show you a map because there is one. It's it's near to the coast. Oh, uh, yeah. And, yeah, basically sits right in between the Indian and Atlantic Oceans mm. with
0: with where it is. So it would get a lot of the coastal breeze there. That's That whole section of the globe is one giant wind tunnel.
1: Yeah, and I guess that's where that forest that is in the Pemberton region and hasn't been cleared out would play a big part mm. because while normally sea breezes like that would have an effect whether positive or negative on viniculture as soon as you put a windbreaker in there mm. you're, you're changing it a bit and maybe that breeze is just cooling things and then you add to that the shade that comes from forests and then
0: Especially in old growth forest. Yeah. Yeah. Those trees are tall.
1: Oh yeah. And then you add to that the rich soils that it takes to grow truffles. Mm. Yeah. And it it's no wonder that somebody stumbled upon it. And I say stumbled upon because Western Australia is a big place. And you, you, you can, can you can say it, it's a big yeah, ass place. You can still <laughs> stumble upon shit in Western Australia. Yeah. Because people have not been everywhere. And when somebody, like, you can see it on a satellite, but you're not seeing it until you set foot there, really. Pretty much. Pretty and pretty much. Yeah. So undoubtedly, somebody stumbled upon it in the 1970s. That was when it first began <laughs> being considered as a wine region. Mm. And when this soil is amazing, if they'd pulled the trees, that have completely ruined that. Absolutely. And, I mean, sadly, that is something that has happened in both France and California, that mm. they've cleared for the vineyards.
0: Yeah. Which, you know, may be fine, maybe not. We are not uh, environmentalists. Environmentalists?
1: Yeah, no, we're... Our, our interest mainly is what effect does it have on the viniculture? Yeah,
0: <laughs> <laughs> pretty much. Um. I haven't got anything else.
1: Yeah, no, that's... I think all I have to talk about as well. So, the next time you're thinking about wine, I guess give a little more thought to where it's from and what that might mean for the flavor profile.
0: Mm. And, you know, this one particular region has a... Uh, emphasis on a particular profile, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to taste like this. It just means it's probably going to taste like this with influence from the winemaker.
1: Yes, absolutely. Hmm. And of course, I guess the final conclusion we can draw from this and that we've had three Chardonnays all with three very different flavor profiles because of the region is that perhaps you've tasted a varietal that you thought you didn't like but you may have just not tasted it from a region that makes a flavour profile of it that you do like hmm there's enough variety across these three Chardonnays alone that somebody who doesn't like Chardonnay might might sip all three and go oh I like this one
0: yeah indeed So, if you liked what you heard, everyone, be sure to hit that subscribe button if you haven't already. We are a good drop all about alcohol on your favourite podcast app, including Apple Podcasts, uh, YouTube Podcasts, uh, Stitcher, Spotify, Podbean, and many more.
1: You can also find us on the socials, Facebook and Instagram, as a good drop podcast.
0: And if you want to check out our quite large library of previous episodes... Jump on our website, a good And if you've got any comments, questions, suggestions for future episodes, or if you've got a favourite wine region you want us to give a shout out to, send us an email to a good drop at gmail.com.
1: And be sure to tune in next time when we talk about
0: undisclosed. Oh, yeah, what are we talking about?
1: Be sure to join us next time when we get bitter and talk about bitters. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yes, we're talking about everything from Angostura bitters to uh, fruit bitters like orange or peach to Peychauds to many, many more.
1: Yeah, the the cornerstone of any good bar set, really. Mm. Because there are so many cocktails Mm. that require some form or other of bitters.
0: Yeah. So, until next time, cheers. Cheers.